0: Let's go to Mark chapter four, verse 26 through 29. When you have it, say amen. Cheater, put it on a screen. He put it on the screen for y'all. They're cheating, Zach. They don't bring their Bibles no more. Well, we got one Bible. Yes, amen. Let's give it up for all the physical Bible holders in 2023. <laughs> Starting to trend. The old has become new. All right. Chapter four of Mark, verses 26 through 29. He also said, Jesus, this is a parable. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, and whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed will sprout and grow, though he doesn't even know how. It's like magic, God's magic. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. My title today of this two-week mini-series, and we're not talking about your Knots Landing special from the 80s or whatever, is Where Life Lives, part one. Take your seats this morning and look to your neighbor, but well, as you're taking your seats, or just don't take them yet, find somebody and say, "Where are you living in 23?" Oh, this is getting better. Well, it took five years for them to actually do it. It's so good. God is good. <laughs> All the time, that's right. You know, I love playing with y'all. I'm, I'm a jokester. Where life lives. We just started this thing. Hey, Ben. My 44 mall walk just got me last couple days. Just kind of, excuse me. Okay, okay, better. Better. Sorry about the skinny pants. I know, I'm old for that. Um, We just started this thing called Saturday Morning Pancake Day. In my house. Woo! Yeah! Pancakes. Wow, y'all feeling it today. I could say anything and this is going to be good. Frost on the ground. Yeah, there we go. Sound problems this morning. (laughs) Construction dust on the ground everywhere. You could die if you trip on something. All right, okay, I'm done. So we started this thing called Saturday morning pancake day. And y'all think it's good, but I I never really liked pancakes my whole life. I did I'm not the pancake guy. I get I get the omelet with bacon. And <laughs> and um but I started I'm starting to like evaluate my investment in what I eat a little better in 23 beyond January. I'm trying to teach my kids. And so I started a pancake day as a solo thing, eating protein pancakes. And I put a little almond butter and a little bit of buckwheat honey, and it's really good, and it makes you feel full for like seven hours. And it's like a third of the calories. But my kids, you know, they don't like that, and I understand. So yesterday we did buttermilk and the protein ones. And after week one, well, on week one, I think Michelle said I'm choking. (laughs) I said, easy, Someone never done this before. I can only YouTube and ingest so fast. Give me two weeks, it'll be good. So two weeks in, they were edible, it was good. And we're having this pancake day. And really what it is, it's this milestone thing each week to separate and do something together. And also from eating good all week, it's, it's a moment to really down a bunch of carbohydrates if you want to go buttermilk and syrup and butter, and if you don't do all three, none of it's good. You know, so so we started this this pancake day, and then tonight I know this sounds weird, but I babysit. Do we babysit as dads? That's considered no. I spend time with my child. This is all a joke, people. Don't hate me. It's just a joke. I spend time with my child. No, really, tonight I spend one on one with just Camilla because they're going to like a birthday thing. And I really enjoy just having Camilla time. And it's weird because when I have Camilla time, we watch, you guessed it, UFC. And, and it's really good. And she really likes violence. It's weird. And I'm just like, shouldn't we be watching Word World or something? And she's like, Dad, that's only when the sun's out. And so I'm like, all right, so we watch, no. We watch a little bit of everything. We watch some YouTube. If it it becomes not appropriate, we change it. And then she plays a bit, and then she'll eat some cheese. And I don't like to deal with the string cheese like her mom, where she lets it just go everywhere. I give her the sliced cheese because it's easy to clean up. I can give it to her fast. I'm all about efficiency with the baby and not messes. And so we do a little bit of it, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of those things. And it actually really reminds me of the time I had with my first child, Chloe. So what's weird is every time I'm with Camilla, I have flashbacks to Chloe. Because back then, our life was a little different. Uh, we both worked. And uh, when Michelle was working, I had the baby. And when I was working, Michelle had the baby. And, and, and life's just different now. Our, 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 our schedule's different. And so I got away from that. And so when we had Camilla, I made it a point to come back to that. Because I had gotten used to just not being part of some of those things. And so with the baby, it was our last one, and it, it and she was a miracle. We didn't think we were gonna have her, and then she came, and now here she is. I gotta make sure she's not just seed sitting on the sideline. You getting this? And so now I'm very conscious of what I'm doing with God's seed that He put in my life, what I'm doing with the seeds that others have put in my life, what I'm doing with God's word, which guess what, is one seed word by word, and as we do something with it, it grows. And so there's a real practical side to this, and there's a real spiritual side to it. And so these next two weeks, this where life lives thing is actually about stewarding God's word. When you hear being a good steward, you kind of think about giving a lot. You think about like uh, being a good representative for God. What it really means in the simplest form is taking what God provided and doing something good with it and using it well and giving it to the next person and stewarding it into harvest. And so the next two weeks, this week and next week, will be about Stewarding on two different parts of how do we steward God's word? Because guess what? It's not all about you. And when you steward God's word to someone else, that's how you fix you and your problems. And as long as you hold your problems for yourself and just think on those things, they tend to never go away. But when I start stewarding God into somebody else, my problems get better. My problems shrink Really, what's happening is my perspective is changing. I'm getting a bigger bigger glimpse of what pressure is on different scales. And so now the thing that used to intimidate me, I feel nothing because I've seen it over here and up here and down here and in multiplication and in singular, like in all these things. So learning to navigate those waters is how we learn to steward in our life God's purpose. So everything has a pattern with God. Has anybody ever noticed the patterns of God's word? Like maybe they're reading the gospels, all four gospels. There's a uniformity and there's distinctiveness for reason. Different audiences, different contexts, God had different reasons, yet there's all some consistency through them too. Has anybody ever noticed a pattern in God's word? Has anybody ever noticed a pattern from God in your life because of something you got out of his word? Okay. So you've seen patterns and you've connected them to application. Oh, that's good. That's because application is stewarding. And if you're not applying, guess what you're not doing? Stewarding. Right. It's not complicated. When you think you have the answer, that's right, it's the answer. It's not it's not going to be a hard answer. The gospel is not meant to be complicated. You don't need a masters of theology to be a Christ-following, gospel-understanding, spirit-filled Christian. You need to be obedient, ingest, and apply. That's how you do it. That's why God used fishermen, tax collectors, anybody that was, had a hungry heart. Um, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, the Bible says. Diligently means I'm going to go after him. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to go after the power is an application. The supply of the seed has no power in itself. Rather, it's what's done with it that gives it power. The next two weeks, we're going to talk about this how life is formed in this application process today. That's part one. It doesn't sit on the shelf. Those patterns I was talking about God will create illustrations from them in our minds, in our hearts, to then we mirror with our life. Are you applying the things of God today or letting them sit dormant waiting for water? I was really curious about seed because, you know, I grew up in Chesterfield and went to Parkway Central, and I don't know a thing about farming. I don't know why I told you my high school. I think it's because I'm from Missouri. That's what you do. Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Jeff. I go, where'd you go to high school? Who cares? Who cares? Parkway Central, PCH, class of '97, but I got out in '96 because that was weird. Summer '96, didn't go to graduation because that was weird. Then I tried to get back in high school, Ben, when I had to get a real job because that was weird. And uh, I thought I don't like this as much as I thought. I'm going back to high school. They said we already gave you your diploma. You can't come back. I talked to the principal. I was hustling then. I said, look, I got out early. Give me back one year so I can be on the wrestling team with my friends and give it one more go. I quit too early, principal. You're done, says the state of Missouri, Jeff. Bye, wouldn't want to be you. Enter Best Buy career for two years. (laughs) But I wanted to test all that to say I don't know anything about seed, because I'm not a farmer. I can fix a computer, but I can't farm. We tried to grow a watermelon plant in a pot. It didn't end well. It died in like three days. By the way, we're thinking about getting a greenhouse because we go from zero to 100 like that in my house. We can't get the plant right. We think if we get a greenhouse, it'll be better. Anyway, back to business. I went to Google, the source of all truth, especially theology, and asked Google, because I don't talk to Siri. I asked Google, how do you know if seed is dead? And it said that if you put seed, sorry, Nate, if this is not true, I'm just telling you what Google said. If you put seed in water for 15 minutes and it floats, it's dead. We say expired. Dead is just so aggressive. It's expired. It's no longer with us. If it sinks, it's good. If it sinks, it's good. If it floats, it's no good. Toss it, Speaking of expiration, did anybody used to throw out stuff when they were a kid because it said it expired? Didn't everything last forever? I don't remember canned goods expiring in my house. Mom, did you throw out stuff that expired? I didn't think so. Michelle throws out stuff like every three weeks. I'm like, no wonder the grocery bill is so high. Everything expires in three weeks. But seed takes like, I think they said about 10 years, and if it no, maybe it's a year, I don't know, one or ten, it's a they're the same. And if it sinks, if it sinks, it's good. And if it floats, it's not good. So essentially, if it floats, you wasted that seed. It never, you never watered it in time. You didn't root it in time. You wasted the seed if it if it sat dormant before it got nurtured into the application process. You know? This is where life lives in the application process process application that's a very corporate way of saying of faith takes action belief is faith belief takes action that is faith faith is belief in action excuse me so if you have faith you don't have faith unless your belief takes actions because even demons believe jesus was the messiah talk to legion about it y'all getting this So until I apply what I keep in my pocket, like that little cute Bible that the print's too small that they gave you in Sunday school, and in high school I still haven't opened the thing, that's not applying anything. That's holding seed. So we want to be good stewards and apply the seed. Cultivate the seed. I love what people do. They opt out by God's goodness. Why they don't do anything with the seed. They'll say like, well, God's God and I'm not. That's a very good observation. That's deep, man. God is able. Able to do what? I don't know, but he's able. Or my favorite is, um, I don't know, I'm not God. (laughs) That's like saying, God will do it. And that's relevant within the context of certain things but if that's your answer for everything you step i step you step is a team thing with god we'll acknowledge his omnipotence being so big that we can't take part in it therefore i'm gonna wait on you lord for everything always never do nothing that's a good um maverick city Wait on you, Lord. It's a great song, but keep it in the context of what the lyrics are talking about. Not everything, anytime, anywhere, that's not act of faith then. If I just wait forever, i got to do something. We'll claim insignificance. That's a big one. I've done too many wrong things to be used by God. Therefore, I'll never step up to try to serve. I'll never ask. I'll never give. I'll never do nothing because I'm too much of a sinner. Guess what? We all were and are and will continue to be. That's why we need to keep staying tight in the garden with our Messiah because the garden can change. You can have a really good fruitful garden in 22, but a couple bad seasons hit you in 23, and now you got thorns again. So just because you were cleansed once and your garden looked good, don't mean, don't mean the next person's no good. And just because you've never had a nice garden yet, doesn't mean you can't change the season by cultivating, tilling the weeds out. So that's, can we say lame? That's a lame excuse. If you got air to breathe, you're just as broken as any human being that's ever been on this earth, and it doesn't matter what you've done. If you want to change the outcome, change your garden, start changing the seed and water it. Quit saying your seed's not worthy. God put seeds in your garden. They're not yours anyway. God put them in you to water. So quit taking, it's not your seed. God, you're a vessel. You're a vessel. God's the motor you're the floating part and God pushes the thing with the with the prop like he's the seed that he puts in us to do something with and the way it gets in us is by ingesting his word so we ingest it we water it it grows and out of our belly shall flow rivers see how the patterns just keep Lining up, man, I don't know, God just, God just spoke to me today because his word's full of patterns and it's consistent and that's why it hasn't died in, in 6,000 years since the beginning of time or whatever it's been. We don't know how long a day was. Maybe a day was 1,000 years. We don't know, doesn't matter. We know the consistency of the word is why it proves to always stay true. It's infallible, unfailing. The power in seed is when it's nurtured and watered. There's no excuse you can give God from your past that will stop you from being able to produce a plentiful harvest in your future. That's the devil's lie. Now here's, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna be real for a second. I yell, I, I, like we can, we can play the violin for Jesus, you know? Like we can, we can say, I just, you know this, but really deep down, I don't wanna mess with it. We, we claim like the reason, but in our hearts, y'all know it's true. You look and say, I just don't want to serve on that team. I just don't want to be used by God like that. I don't want to do it that way. That's a decision, and that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, quit saying God won't make it grow when you really don't want to water. And that's not always the case. This is, not a, this is not a, like, you're not bringing your water to church message. This is like when you claim it's because of one thing, let's be honest and say what it is. Sometimes it's just, I don't want to do it. I'm talking to me. A lot of times, I don't want to do that with church people. Because my flesh says that's not who has never been part of my personality. Just because my dad did it that way doesn't mean that's how I do it. Because that's that's not comfortable to me. That's not how God gave it to me. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It means that some things like I just don't want to do, and so I got to fight that. And sometimes you got to do stuff you don't want to do because that's how God changes you. You got to face what you don't want to do. It's got to be uncomfortable sometimes. You don't grow. You won't grow. Pressure creates a diamond. Otherwise, you stay cold. This is funny. Y'all laugh at this. When I was a kid, is Mike in here? You're going to like this, Mike. When I was a kid, I was the master of applying for jobs, getting hired, and then quitting. Because the reality was I didn't really wanna work. My mom says, you're a teenager now, get a job, you pay for the insurance, we'll help you with the car, but if you don't wanna do nothing, then you don't get nothing, and I had to work. So in my heart, I didn't really wanna do the job. So I'm telling you, Jackie, I was like got really good at applying, getting the job, and quitting. Let's see. It's a traumatic memory, a memory train. Casa Gallardo. Toys R Us, Babbage's Software in the Mall, Sunglasses Hut, Sears, uh, Flower Delivery, um, ASAP, that's my family business, uh, Best Buy, uh, I don't even know, I don't even know, it just keeps going. It's so bad that I blacked out on the other 99% of them. But Mike, I was an expert at getting and quitting, getting and quitting. Oh, y'all not hearing what I'm saying. It's funny right now, but some of y'all masters at getting and quitting. Getting and quitting. Getting what you want out of that relationship and quitting. Oh, snap. Getting what you want out of that person and quitting. Getting what you want out of that job, taking and run and quitting. Forget about all the time they invested in you. Getting what you want on your resume because you just graduated, you need something to show good so you can dump the church and get a a real job. Like getting and quitting, I get it. It's the hustle, right? But God likes commitment. God likes commitment. If we keep getting, I'll never forget it. This guy I used to work with used to drive me crazy. 15 years I knew this guy, and he'd always say he's still trying to figure out his career after 15 years. It's because he was always getting and quitting and starting over. And every time you start over, guess what? You start over. Don't expect a harvest. If we keep getting and church hopping, I mean quitting, getting and quitting and changing our mind and getting and quitting. God wants follow through, commitment. There is nothing I get more excited about past spreadsheets than commitment. Commitment is so rare in this world because you're taught to get it, quit, go on and live in this shallow surface, no rooted, empty life. Am I getting somewhere? You can clap for that. Thank you, Christine. It's a true saying. You get out what you put in. And it doesn't happen overnight. And so when you take God's seed and you read the Bible for a day and you say, okay, I read a devotional for January and, and I watched a couple praise, praise concerts on YouTube, and it just didn't change my life. It's because you're getting, and now you're quitting. That's not how it works. Who made, who made God's schedule? God. What I do know is if I keep watering. You know how many times I've been scared that I'm doing something wrong because my dream's too big? Because my vision's too big? Sometimes I wake up and go, the world will never catch up. This is, this is a waste. I don't think I should do it. But that's a get-and-quit mentality. And so every time I think like that, I say, I ask God to be in my, my plans. And, and this is not just church. This is my family. This is everything. I ask God to be in it. And if I quit, I quit on him. and something I asked him to bring. And so I cannot expect harvest if I quit every time it starts to bud. You know? Just because the devil likes to throw some roundup on it here and there doesn't mean it's forever. Monsanto, doesn't mean it's forever. Consistency and commitment and follow-through is what gets you through the high and low seasons. That's why they call it the average of things. Where's your average? You want to create a strong average? Keep working the numbers of your life on and on. If you keep starting over, you'll always be at square one. Always. Always. This is where life lives in application. When I say life lives, I'm talking about the spark of infancy that happens out of the seed. There's no spark without application. When you have a baby, does it just show up at the doorstep from the bird? That's a lie. I used to think that was true. You know, the stork brings a bird, and oh, sometimes I wish it was true. Anyway. <laughs> All the dads, can I get an amen on that? Okay. So, um, this jinx that goes my daughter. She's one. Camilla can't grow without nurturing. Do I expect her to stay 16 inches tall or whatever? She, 20? I don't know what they are. 20 inches tall forever? No. I want her to grow. How does she grow? Do I say, God, she hasn't grown fast enough? Okay, give her back. Give me a new child. Let's have another child. Just keep starting over because they didn't grow fast enough. Now that sounds ridiculous. You know how many people do that in their, in their Christian faith? It's like, it's like the cookie options at Sam's Club. It's just like, oh, I'm going to try that one. It's no good. I'll just return it and get another one. Nobody even knows that I ate one. You know, like it sounds ridiculous when you're talking about your child. How do you think God feels when you make it ridiculous with our faith? He's going, That's, they're missing it. They're missing it because the infancy of life lives in the application process. The baby don't come without application. The baby doesn't grow without application. God's doing something in the womb through application. It's nurtured through the nutrients through application. And eventually it grows into something Sufficient and and, and independent of its mother, and then it starts doing decision making on its own because guess what? It's growing in its intelligence, its discernment, its understanding. So, there is absolutely no difference the way you teach your child than the way we learn from God's word. There's no difference, and if we want to be nurtured, we have to ingest, apply, and grow. Otherwise, we stay an infant, and if we never start, we stay a seed. Or perhaps you can apply it this way, which is what I meant to do, is you have seeds already that God gave that you're just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. One of mine was starting a church. I talked about it last week. I went years with the fear of when is somebody going to come start the church that I think God wants me to be a part of? and invest my time in. When is somebody going to come do that? Why isn't nobody doing that, Jackie? Nobody's showing up to start the church that I want to have in St. Louis. Nobody's doing it, God. Y'all goodness. Does anybody else think like this? God said, excuse me, Jeff. Um, You seem to have a problem with all the others. They're not good enough for you. I think you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to do it. Now, I know it's funny, but I'm dead serious. That took like 10 years of fighting, watering, seed, guess what, that I knew I already had. There's some crazy stuff, y'all. I'll, t- I'll tell y'all someday about it when we get to another level. I'm going to tell you about some visions God gave me as a little kid that I forgot about. It kind of freaks me out. But it keeps me encouraged because I go, okay, I'm not crazy. This started before 10 years. This started like five years old crazy stuff. I'll I'll share that someday. It's really cool. But that fear to water will keep that seed just sitting in the jar. And life lives in infancy. Infancy starts by application. So it's it's not alive in the seed. I know Dr. Anipas talked about the seed and the power in the seed. There's power in it if you apply the seed. The seed will never do nothing unless it's stuck in the ground, grown. The Bible says the man's seed will grow no matter what when it's put in the ground. But if it's sat on the shelf, it can't root. Mustard seed faith takes water. No water, no growth. You can just start something small, and when it's according to his purpose, he will root something very big. Big enough it might scare you going, oh, my goodness, what?" Did God do? It's that easy. Here's a, good, here's a good trick by the devil. He'll tell you when you can't see it yet, that it's not there. But I know a Messiah who says if I can't see it, it's actually bigger than the things I can see. I don't know if you will heard that passage or two. Like when he forgave sin, and they thought that was useless, but he he, he healed you know he healed somebody and that was impressive to them and god said you're shaming me for doing what you can't see but if you understood the power of what you can't see is actually far greater than anything i could ever illustrate here on earth oh yeah is that superstition i love stevie i'm telling you that was superstition ringtone very good i like it <laughs> it's better than under the sea Well, you've invested all this time to get it, so just quit. Just quit it, because you can't see it. Nobody sees it. Nobody sees it. You know where the most powerful part of what God does with seed is at? Underground. Underground. Do you see the roots without digging them up? Who sees roots from ground level? Without digging them up. Okay, Jake, you've got some kind of magic Fortnite ability. Good for you. I'm talking about the bulbs of the seed. I think that's a technical way to say it. You can't see it down there unless you dig that thing up and look at the roots. And the most magical part of the process is what happens to the seed at the core of it, under the ground. Because by, This is so good. This is going to make you feel good when you feel like God's not doing nothing. Because by the time you actually see it, and even by the time the world sees it, it's like way later in the game. Way later. So don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a miracle or a blessing or a purpose by God by what others see in your life yet, because it doesn't mean God's not working And what happens at the heart takes a while sometimes before it starts happening at the lips. And what happens at the lips takes a while sometimes before it starts happening in your behavior. And it's a a multi-step process. So by the time it hits the world, and you're like, Jesus is good. I love him. I'll do whatever. I love the Lord. I'm gonna preach however, whatever. It took years and years of just going, God, do you love me? Do I love you enough? So like, what's inside At the root is where the power is at. You'll never see that until you see the fruit that it brings. And then the world will be one step behind you because God will tell you, I'm doing something in you. You'll feel the power of God in you, working on you, causing you wanna get up and be excited for God. And they don't get it yet because they just think, you know, you're weird. You talk about Jesus too much because they're always gonna be a few steps behind you. They don't know God like you know God to you. They can never experience God for you until they experience for themselves. So they'll never understand it. And so don't let the devil discourage you because you're not impressing everybody enough with the fruit that's still rooting in germination, in the ground. And sometimes the fruit bearers and they just, people too picky about what fruit is good. Well, I wanted a banana and God gave me an apple. You know what? God gave me fruit and I'm gonna eat of the fruit thereof. Life lives in application. I know some of y'all not on somebody online. Well I just been watering and watering and watering and watering. Yeah, dead seed. That's why. That seed's floating. You can keep watering some stuff. It will never grow, because that's not the seed God gave you. That's good. Yeah, I'll clap, I'll clap for that right now, because that is good. Because they just keep pouring the tank out, man. What's going on? It just never changes. It because that's that seed's floating. When are you gonna see it floating? And and. All seed takes time, so don't judge a seed too quick. I'm not saying just go ditch all your friends, ditch all your relationships, ditch everybody you know. I'm not saying that, but over time, at some point, you might see some of them start to float. Oh, this is good. I'm going to have to watch this like three times. To really sink it in, seven times 70. I'm all, ooh, I can't watch it that many times. If you are watering the wrong thing, how do you expect a watermelon to grow out of an apple tree? That's so silly. Yeah? Then quit doing it. How do I expect to prosper and see growth if I keep getting and quitting? Starting and stopping and starting. I didn't say leave off for you. Stopped. Starting, stopping, starting over. So what you're watering is just as relevant that you're watering. So application is only as good as the seed you're watering. So some of y'all need to go back to go back to square one and get the right seed in your life and recognize the right seed in your life. That that if it's not from God, it's not of God, and guess what? Then it's not for God. Yeah, that's good too. And that hurts because I know I know if you're like me, I see it very close to home. I see it in myself. I'm not just talking about other people like the thorns of the garden in the parable. I'm talking about my own contribution of seed that I'm overflowing in my like container. I can only hold so much seed in my soil at once. It's only so big. That's why you got to get a bigger greenhouse, but eventually you buy the biggest one they got and it's still, it's still growing the wrong thing. So you got to evaluate what am I watering and where did that come from? And guess what? If you water it, you won't get fruit, but you can still get thorns that your kids have to pluck out, that their grandchildren have to pluck out. Is this hitting anybody? If you don't pay attention to what you're watering and it don't grow on social media, meaning if you're, if you're out there trying to, to plant something that doesn't have a real footing with or without people watching, guess what? It will not grow. It will not grow if it's only plentiful when someone's telling you, good job, faithful steward. I want Jesus to tell me, good job, and I could care less what the rest of the world says. And until I get there, it won't grow. Some days I'm there. Some days I'm not. That's tilling. And that's still application. Application includes tilling the thorns. The devil wants to just kind of scatter some thorns up in there, keep tilling them out. But when the seed is good, meaning God's word, God will do amazing things in your faith's infancy. Because at the end of the day, the difference between God's seed, which is his word, and man's seed, which is like the stuff Google's talking about, is God's seed never floats. Never floats. Sorry Nolani, I got that I got that wrong on that last point. I told her it doesn't sink, that's how she knows to come up. It actually doesn't float. I'm a little lixdexic, sorry, dyslexic, whatever. Seriously, I flip words all the time. I think it's all the computer programming. Did you know when you computer program long enough, your math gets off by 1 and I'm always mathematically off by 1 after 18 years of geeking out? Pray for me y'all. I can't even remember birthdays. I'm always off by 1. It's the most Anyway, TMI. God's word will never expire. It will never float. It will always say rich and ripe. The key here, though, with God's word is that you apply it and do something while you got something to breathe in. You got air to breathe. You got something to live for. You got something to live for by God's word here. Don't feel like you need motivation. Be motivated by a Messiah on the cross who died for you. Insert name in brackets. If God died for you and you know that, you should be motivated. There's no greater love the Bible says than to lay down your life for another. Therefore, if someone died for me, I'm forever indebted to him. Even when my family don't understand, even when the world doesn't understand, even when the cities and the regulations don't understand and they think it's just too extreme, they don't know when someone dies for me. Like in the military, I honor them. They gave their life for me. There's no difference. Everything we observe in this world came from God's example. Everything. You can be atheist and observe in the Christmas, the Christmas calendar. They all do. Because everything in this world came from God's example. Whether we know it or not is irrelevant. God created example for honor, respect, reverence, love, discipline, everything you can think of, God started it first. And that's good to know. Because God's word will never float. It will never float. It'll always stay heavy with power. Watch this real quick. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, 11 through 12 real quick. I think I put that in there. Yeah. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants. This is in Genesis when God created the heavens and the earth in the seven days. He created Land. And now he said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing seed plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to the various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation. Verse 12. Plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good seed. Good fruit. The Bible also says, you know, you know the type of seed by the fruit it bears. So God knew it was good because of the fruit it bare. God is a multiplier and reciprocates. And we can we can we can we can even jump to when, when the Israelites were trying to stick to their manna and God gave them land. God eventually hands you the keys to cultivate on your own. Doesn't mean he's not back there available to you. God created the land. Guess what he did next? He gave it to Adam to maintain. God created manna from heaven. Guess what he did next? He told them, go find the promised land flowing with milk and honey, and I'm going to give you land that you can produce and and farm yourself just like Adam. And then he handed them the keys to do it themselves. And they were so worried about keeping the manna, we know what happened is spoiled. But God will reciprocate and multiply. That's really cool. God is exponential. Like exponential and not to get too nerdy here, but like he'll take something and not only times it by two, but every time it multiplies, it like triples, quadruples. You see what I'm saying? It's exponential the way it grows with God. That's why I knew if we could just plant one seed as a church, God creates an Israel. And that's been the vision from day one. Jacob became Israel. One became millions. I don't know about millions, but if we just get a few, few good, 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 Good um, good just amount of people in this county. who? what will God do? I can't talk today. Millions is a lot. You know what maybe God maybe God'll make millions. The goal here is to not restricted it to an entity registered with a government, but that the Christian church broadens into millions across the globe. That's what I'm really trying to say here. You know there's there's the church, the local church you're in, and then there's the hope of message it sends out that then spreads globally to millions through the world. That's what I'm trying to say there. Ever since the beginning, God's word will bring harvest. All he did was speak it. If y'all can stand, I want to tell you a funny thing here. Remember, God's word never loses the life in it. So as long as you're able to take his word, you can do something with it. It doesn't expire. The beauty of it is that when we finally decide to apply after hesitating for 10 years, that's me, it will still grow. It'll grow new roots in your offspring, your children. Y'all hear Chloe? Come on, clap, come on. (laughs) I'm like, where'd she get that from? That was good. Oh. See, you know it's funny like sometimes your kids get you together and it's cause it's cause a seed that was applied and this morning my kids have an obsession with growing physically they're, they're obsessed with getting measured dad can you measure me it's been a week dad can you measure me it's been a week Camilla dad can you measure me Camilla you can't even crawl yet why am I gonna measure you No, but Chloe, she thinks she grows an inch every three days. So today, Kaylee wakes up. She's my seven-year-old. And it's just me and her. And she's like, Dad, you know I grow an inch a day. I'm like, oh, God. You're going to pass Chloe next Tuesday. And I said, no, listen, listen, I'm not doing it. We just just measured you like a week ago. Like, it's too frequent. It's too frequent. And they expect results. And I'm always getting on and saying, well, look, if you really want to grow, you better start eating some stuff. You need some nutrients to grow. Like if we didn't feed our kids, would they, you know, they wouldn't grow too strong. But you got to keep feeding and nutri- giving nutrients to the thing if you want it to grow. And as we do that, that's application. So that's what we do at home. That's what we do with our pancakes. We keep feeding, putting nutrients in God's word. That's what we keep doing with this church. We keep putting nutrients in his church. That's you all. You all are the nutrients to the roots of God growing. The people are the source of life to God's church growing. People need people. People don't need buildings, they need people. Building is a fruit of people applying and growing. And so we're gonna keep preaching that and believing that. That collaboration you have with your church through. Through interaction, even small stuff like social interaction, that is applying, increasing. Applying water creates increase. And that's how God roots new things in your life. If we could bow our heads, let's say an exit prayer here. God, we give you thanks now. I know we say thanks a lot, but let us understand what thankfulness is that everything we do when we leave here has to be based on your direction, your guidance, your seed. Let us water it by being fervent with your word, by continuing to take it places and do something with it. And you will will increase it as you see fit in the time you see fit. And God, we don't care how it looks as long as you're in it. We believe that as long as you're in it, it will grow to where it's supposed to and do what it's supposed to because we believe on your word and your word has never failed, it's infallible. So we know if we keep watering your word, you will give the increase. If we stay faithful to your word, we will give the increase. We believe God, but more so than belief, we take action because our faith is belief in action. And as we take action, new life springs up. We're thankful for what you're doing right now at 1C Church. We're thankful for what what the community's watching right now now at one Seed Church, we know they're seeing the sign. We know they're seeing the construction. We know they're kind of wondering what's going on. But what we pray now, God, is that that seed they're holding on to, they start watering it, and they come in this house, and they see God change their life the same. We got a chair for them. We got a chair for that person we don't know yet. We believe it now. We claim it. We give fakes to all this if the house of God could say. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen.